Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. We haven't slept in 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon Dark Rita. This is an episode about an episode that is very unfortunate. Full stop. <laughs> I don't even want to come up with anything cute to say about this episode. No allusions to what happened. I just feel like best thing for me to do right now is to read the disclaimer that disney put in front of this episode they put a disclaimer they did oh they did this to a lot of their um questionable movies or episodes of things and i think it's it's pretty nice it says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures the stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. And then they give a website because they want you to go there. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't have Disney Plus, so I just, you know watched it off my computer so i had no idea that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah they put that in there i think around the time that um a lot of the blm marches were going on ah. and protests so it's i feel like i've also heard a lot of people complain about it which i do not understand because number one if it's something that you love and you love like the racist part of it, it's still there. You could still watch it. it. Like they didn't alter anything. They didn't like remove it. I think it's important that it stays there and that with that framing, it might help people to be like, oh yeah, no, this actually isn't okay. So I, I do like that disclaimer a lot. Yeah, because it, it acknowledges that there is an issue, but it isn't trying to sweep it under the rug. And then it creates a discussion because now we can talk about it and share our thoughts and impressions based on, you know, compared to when this episode dropped in the 90s, you know, what we're seeing now and what seems like. There are definitely points of this episode where I was like, oh my goodness, but like watching this as a kid, I never picked up on that stuff because it just Mm -hmm. wasn't a thing. It was just normalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it was really kind of rampant. Oh, yeah. Cartoons of that generation and even more so earlier but um yeah it's just it's just interesting how like you said how normalized these kind of tropey um mishandling of all the other cultures went to just yeah the butt of a joke or so i think we're moving away from that now i like to think unless it's you know intentionally offensive but i'd say it's getting better it's not perfect in terms of Mm -hmm. proper representation but the discussion is there and people are having it now which is definitely a change from the 90s because like you said I remember very I don't know why like there's obviously different cultures that have been misrepresented but I feel especially as a kid looking back there were a lot of episodes in particular from the Disney afternoon that had some kind of offensive Asian stereotype or like a Mm -hmm. villain 
I think almost all of them, actually. I'll get into it because I was looking up the voice actor for Goose Lee, and he was the voice actor for several other villains and characters in other Disney afternoon shows that all kind of had the same, I don't know, stereotype to them. And I just thought that was interesting. Okay. Well, I'm interested to to, um, to hear what you, you cooked up because... Uh... I had mentioned to you before we started recording that I did not do any deep dives on this. I just watched the episode and moved on with my life. <laughs> it's just like, I really feel like I should probably do some, some research here, but I was just like, I don't even, I don't even want to give this any more time than I've given it right now. I call it a shallow swim that kind of veered off into non-related territory, but was just me kind of reading through some stuff to try and, pick apart and understand certain aspects of the episode. So mm. how do we want to start this off? Well, we could start it off by saying if you do want to watch this episode, which, you know, it's your decision. Uh, season 1, episode 64 on Disney+. Plus, and uh, the episode description is Darkwing reunites with his old um, martial arts guru, Goose Lee. So, yeah, so already off the bat, his um, his mentor is a play on Bruce Lee. Yes, and that but... was that was the first thing I wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. I've only heard of Bruce Lee, but I've never really put much thought into who he is and mm-hmm. the kind of cultural icon he was. So I looked mm-hmm. him up. First off, I did not know he died at the age of 32. Mm-hmm. He was so young. Yep. And apparently, like, I just, I was reading through it. He apparently, the year before he died, he had his underarm sweat glands removed because underarm sweat was seen as unphotogenic on film for the Hollywood stuff. Interesting. And his death the following year, they think it was caused by a a cerebral edema uh, caused by overexertion and heat stroke. So Mm. they think, they suspect that maybe not being able to sweat properly could have Mm -hmm. added to that. And it was just also, it was the official death was death by misadventure. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either, but I do know the way I want to die now is by death uh, by misadventure. Yeah, it's an actual ruling and it's defined as an accident that occurred due to a risk that was taken voluntarily so mm-hmm. in his case, I think it was because he had some health issues before his death and he continued to do what he was doing. So I guess that's why. But the whole thing was just I was just reading through and it was just talking about, you know, he was very central to the kung fu craze in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he inspired a lot of stuff. And so because I was trying to figure out, like, how is Goose Lee, the character connected to Bruce Lee and Other than the name, I'd say there's absolutely nothing that connects the two. Yeah. He also did, I guess, bring, like, um, martial arts to the forefront of TV and stuff like that because he was on the the Green Hornet. I almost said the Green Lantern. He was Kato. And he was actually a phenomenal martial artist and i think it was like the first day he was filming with them they're like oh we want you to do a fight scene but we want you to do like we just want you to like put out that light somehow or something to that effect and he's like they're like oh you think you could do something that looks pretty cool and he's like yeah uh i think i have something in mind he just did like a flying kick and like took the lamp out and he's like how was that and they're like 
yeah, yeah, you could you could do that. So he, I feel like, was very integral in that. I think he also, and then there was like you know, Enter the Dragon and all of his um, you know kung fu movies. But I think he was also. I'm gonna look this up real quick because I don't want to talk about the side of my face about Bruce Lee. Um, he founded a school, I think. Jeet Kune Do was conceived by Bruce Lee. Oh. So, so yeah, he was he was a big deal, and he was prevalent in like the era that the writers of this show would have been children. During. Mm, yeah. So this is like the Elvis thing again, where it's like stuff that they liked or things that were influential to them when they were kids. They're putting into the show for kids now. Another interesting tidbit about Bruce Lee is that his son Brandon Lee died very young as well when he. There was um, a comic book called The Crow. Do you remember that? No. Um, he was in a movie adaptation, and there was a scene where he was, uh, you know, his character got shot, and uh, they used the wrong prop gun and shot him and killed him. That's so sad. Yeah. So it's like there's like, oh, the Lee curse type thing. Oh, that's so. Yeah. yeah Bruce Lee. Too, so, too this, young. Uh, absolutely a thousand percent too young oh so yeah so goosely we think at all like bruce lee no not at all but uh he is voiced by robert ito who is uh a vancouver-born canadian but he's of japanese descent and he voiced several other characters in disney afternoon properties such as emperor wan lo in tailspin Mm -hmm. i think that was the panda episode Maybe. I do not. If there is a big blind spot in my memory of Disney Afternoon, it's comprised mostly of the gummy bears and Tailspin. There was a Tailspin episode with Panda, a Panda Nation. I vaguely remember this as a child, and I think they ended up being evil or something. So I think that's one of the characters he voiced. He also voiced Sergeant Tetsuo in Bonkers, who I guess was... I guess a cop character. Bonkers is my tailspin for you. Like it's, oh, yeah, I don't. I have no memory of Bonkers. <laughs> well, even as even as a kid, I didn't like Bonkers. It was near the tail end of the Disney Afternoon block, and as soon as it came mm-hmm. on, I just changed the channel. I didn't like Bonkers. I don't know. Yeah, just, I think I just I did. I was in the same boat. I did not even give it a chance. Nope. And the other the other voice he did was Doctor William Wu. In Quack Pack. So I guess, yeah, Quack Pack was... That sure was a thing that happened. <laughs> thing. I feel like that was Disney Afternoon at some point, too. That was probably around the, the Bonkers area and uh, or era. And I didn't really watch that one either. I was... Yeah, I remember being a bit older. And it was way after Darkwing Duck. And I remember them saying, oh, there's this new duck cartoon. And I thought it was going to be like a DuckTales spinoff. And I remember getting all excited. And I remember watching it. And as soon as I saw that there were humans in it, I was so offended. And I never, well, I've watched a few episodes, but I've never been able to sit through all of Quack Pack ever. Yeah, I don't think I've made it through an entire episode of Quack Pack. (laughs) Circling back, Robert Ito. He is the voice of Goose Lee in this episode. And that was just me doing a little bit of research because I was just curious whenever they they use a pun or they they base a character off a real person, I like to look into it and just see what was up. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Even more interesting, I don't know if that's really interesting, but our episode starts off with Moliarty. 
<laughs> this is the first time we've seen him in our our podcasting era here. And he can move. Ben. He's just <laughs> running away. He's like scrambling up chain link fences and stuff. Like he's, he's a spry little dude. But he's running away from Darkwing, presumably. We don't know what he's done. He's in it very briefly. But we got a pretty cool intro for Darkwing, which is a shame because it's in this episode where he's like backlit by the moon. And he does this whole I am the terror speech. Uh, which he ends with, I am the special news bulletin that interrupts your favorite show. And he just kind of carries on for a little bit, but it's completely, again, like backlit by the moon. It looks really cool. And Goslin ruins the mood as she's, you know, like, oh, you got to hurry up, dad, or whatever. And he's immediately like, Goslin, why are you here? <laughs> as if she hasn't been in the sidecar of the motorcycle up until this moment, but... She is there. And then they just, like, they put their helmets on. Everybody, except for Launchpad, who doesn't have one. So I guess we learned our lesson from dying by crashing into a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And the rat catcher is on a roof of a building. And he just drives it off. <laughs> <laughs> the roof. And it crashes into a barrel of water that somehow breaks their fall and rights them. Um, so I guess try this at home, kids. <laughs> Moliarty starts digging a hole to get away from them and I, I like as soon as that started happening and then Darkwing drives the entire rat catcher into the hole that he made I'm like oh here we go <laughs> it, it begins <laughs> so yeah they dig a hole straight through the earth and end up in China presumably Kung Pao City yeah Kung Pao City which is just an amalgamation of every Asian culture. Because why pick one? So Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Moliarty starts running away. And Darkwing like, plungers his way after him. He shoots his gas gun and a plunger shoots out. So, of course, instead of gracefully catching him, he just kind of wrecking balls into everything. And then they eventually bash into a lamppost and get all tied up in the rope. And that's basically it. The next thing we see is Launchpad throwing Moliarty into a police van. And that's the end of Moliarty. And Launchpad is like, hey, don't you know somebody who lives here? Hey, DW, don't you know a guy here in Kung Pao City? Of course. My old Kwek Fu instructor, Goose Lee. I studied with him longer than anyone. Yeah, and you still never earned your black belt. <laughs> you see, Goz, DW could never get this one move right. Yeah, fine, just never mind. And Launchpad is immediately ready to dish the dirt to Gauze about how much Darkwing sucks <laughs> at this. So it just kind of makes me think, was it? It was um, the secret origins of Darkwing Duck where he met, you know, it was the other Quack Fu master who called him Stinky. Yes. Wait, he, was he with a whole bunch of little kids or am I making that up? Darkwing was there and I remember there being other monks I think. Okay. But I don't remember them all being children. Okay. Because in my brain, I painted this that Darkwing was in a karate class or a quack fu class with a whole bunch of little kids and like all these little kids are beating him up, which I would appreciate that. But anyway, Darkwing uh, shuts, shuts him up, basically. And recalls fondly that he was called Grubworm, but he doesn't really like that name. And that's another thing. That's like the um, Karate Kid 
influence there. I don't know if it happened in other... I don't... Admittedly, I'm not a big kung fu movie person, so I don't know if naming your students after, you know, animals or different insects is a thing. But I know that in the Karate Kid movies, which this is also probably paying homage to, Mr. Miyagi called Daniel Grasshopper. So, Grubworm is Darkwing's moniker to his master. He'll be pretty impressed that little Grubworm is now the mighty masked mallard. <laughs> Grubworm? Grubworm? Uh, it was a pet name. He used it with the utmost respect. Uh-huh, right. Just immediately saying what we're all thinking, as she as she tends to do. So then this sets Darkwing into a spiral of just ranting about how awful um, Goose Lee was, I guess. Okay, okay. So he didn't respect me. So I only started fighting crime in a vain, pitiful attempt to win his approval. So what? Anything wrong with that? Oh, golly gosh, no, Dad. Of course not! And I'm gonna make him respect me if I have to break every bone in my body! Here's the real secret origins of Darkwing Duck. I, I was gonna say, does this now count as an origin story episode? Because he basically says the whole reason he became Darkwing Duck was out of spite. <laughs> or, as I like to say, it's Darkwing Duck's daddy issues that propelled him <laughs> <laughs> into, into the life of you know, vigilanteism. Yes, because there, there are, are quite a bit of daddy issues in this episode. Daddy issues and baby talk. <laughs> um, so Darkwing decides that he is going to win over Goose Lee's respect, even if he has to break every bone in his body. And then he starts flipping away. <laughs> just does random back handsprings um, off screen and then starts demonstrating his skills, except for the one thing he never mastered, which was the belly bounce. Oh. Gosh, I sure hope we don't hear that segment of words over and over <laughs> again in this episode. Um, so he decides that they're going to go see them, and Darkwing starts talking about how Goosely took a vow of poverty and how humble he was and all that stuff just as they roll up on his giant mansion. Because, sure... And then they go inside because the door isn't locked in this giant hillside mansion. And Goose is in a pool surrounded by babes um, getting a shoulder massage. Just kind of doing the whole Hollywood drawl thing on the phone like, oh, baby, honey, whatever. Just immediately a slime ball. And uh, as soon as you see Darkwing, he gets out of the pool and puts on his, you know, oh, wise, ancient Kung Fu master voice to talk to Grubworm. Which he recognizes, is. even though technically he wasn't Darkwing, he would have been Drake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he tells him that he's heard about Darkwing Duck and that oh, he's the biggest disappointment in his entire life. <laughs> and Darkwing shrieks and throws himself dramatically away to collapse into Launchpad's arms at this confession. So we're off to a good start here. I actually felt kind of bad for Darkwing in this episode. Yeah. Well, Goose is not a very nice person. No. At all. So he's also very strange because he, I feel like he probably spends 50% of the time in the Hollywood agent voice thing. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it as the soft-spoken quack Fu master voice. So I don't know. I was kind of 
watching it thinking, oh, well, this will be the last that we hear of that you know, Hollywood wheeling and dealing voice, but it certainly was not. He slips back into it multiple times, and I don't know if that's their way of implying that he's just such a phony, he can't even, you know, stay in character long enough. Maybe he's not even Asian. That might help, <laughs> honestly. He's just a big fat white dude pretending to be Asian, as was also a trend in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, so Goose starts smack talking Darkwing and saying that his, you know, technology is a shame to quack foo or whatever, and that he's never even mastered the belly bounce. How could anybody, you know, consider him anything? And Darkwing just completely slaps the hypocrisy back in his face, being like, uh, are you one to talk? You're Mr. Humble quack foo master selling your workout tapes and all this kind of stuff. Goose tells him that it's just a way to reach more students. Lies. Ever. Lies. That's denial. Money, money, money. I've abandoned the weights of Quackfu, huh? Well, what about you, Mr. Quackfu Diet? Listen, Grubworm. One day, Master Lee awoke to a great revelation. If he utilized mass marketing strategy, he could reach and guide more students than ever along the true path of Quackfu. All of a sudden, bada boom, bada bing, I'm rolling in dough, books, video, action figures. It was incredible. Darkwing just starts groveling for Lee to start teaching him again. Poor Darkwing's to just... To film a video. Darkwing's moving between trying to stand up for himself, but then he slips back into really needing this guy's approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty grovelly for a lot of this. Um... So he tells him that he needs to film a commercial for a new video. The video being quick quack foo with Master Lee's honeys. And he holds up a poster of babes. And so he's going to use Darkwing for the commercial. Commercial, though, I thought was pretty funny. I thought so, because... too. <laughs> because it's framed like Darkwing is walking down the street with a girl. One of the honeys. There's the voiceover. And like, oh, has this ever happened to you? And then a whole bunch of ninja monkeys show up, which these might be the only monkeys I remember being in Darkwing Duck. One shot. I guess if you count Apes of Wrath, I can't remember. They were gorillas. I can't remember if there um, were monkeys in that episode. Yeah, but these are like people. Are the ones in Apes of Wrath people or are they just monk like gorillas and, and, and Actual, apes and actual gorillas, I guess. Yeah. So anyway... The ninjas are monkeys, but like beefcake monkeys, because that's a that's a phrase that I get to say on this podcast. Um, so they're walking down the street, they hit Darkwing and the girl, and it's like, oh. How many times has this happened to you? You're strolling through the park with a date when suddenly ninja attack. How can you protect your weak and helpless date? Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Yes, she protected her weak and helpless date using the ancient art of quack foo. Master Lee can teach these techniques to anyone, even a flabby, out of shape wimp like this. The ninjas and the girl just completely trashes them. So that's, I appreciated that. That was pretty funny. That was a bit um, of uh, spinning the expectations there. Yes, the old bait and switch. And Launchpad is very impressed. We get another, this is our second golly G from Goslin here, where she's like, oh yeah, this is great. This is thrilling. And she says to Glunchpad, she's completely bored. So she says to him, tell dad that if he needs me, I'll be taking in the local culture. 
<laughs> and she just is like, I'm going to go to the arcade and wanders off. And he just stares at her. He doesn't say anything. He may nod slightly, but then just goes back to standing there. I feel like Launchpad really maybe had like five lines in this episode. He was there. But was he really there? That's, that's So yeah, he just uh, lets yeah. the child wander off on her own. <laughs> no objections. Checks out. To be fair, though, Goslin is probably more capable of taking care of herself than, than Launchpad is, so. Truth. So then we go back to the commercial, and then it just degrades into Lee beating up Darkwing, demonstrating all the Quack-Fu moves, and reveals that they weren't even filming, that that was rehearsal, so they'd have to do it all over again. Womp womp. Yeah. Goslin, as she wanders the strange streets of a new town, runs into some real monkey ninjas who starts attacking her and she just evades them and uh she she actually has to run quite a bit and she gets rescued by an asian honker literally named yes literally honker with black hair and um an asian accent and his name is duckling which uncle ad's pretty cute so yeah he, he so he saves her um, then I guess at some point Darkwing realized that Goslin was missing he and Launchpad to go find her. Although he does say that they have to go to the arcade. So he probably, he obviously just assumes that Goslin did get to where she was going and wasn't a literal child wandering the strange city streets. But of course he runs into a whole bunch of ninja monkeys stealing a dragon horn from a museum. And he's going to go do his Darkwing thing with the gas gun. But Lee takes it away and tells him that he needs to use his quack foo instead. So he does. And he starts attacking the monkeys who literally just stand there and watch him attack them. And they all fall down. But Lee's like, oh, you have to use the belly bounce. Darkwing's like, I can't do the belly bounce. And then the ninjas attack him when he's not looking. And they get the, the horn and run away. On the subject of ninjas. Yes. As I was watching this, because you said Kung Pao City is kind of a weird mishmash of Asian cultures. Asian yeah. cultures. It's kind of implied to be more Hong Kong, China related, but ninjas, I thought, were from Japan. Mm -hmm. So I went looking into that too, and they're from feudal Japan. Mm -hmm. And that just seems to be where they're from. So <laughs> they're just here. Yeah, no, that's. Absolutely. They were basically Japanese hitmen. It was, they were only Japan. So this is just an amalgamation of random Asian imagery crammed into one blank slate city that had random pagodas everywhere. So that's how you knew it was Asian, Ange, because <laughs> there were pagodas, you see. And fish, <sighs> fish on the streets. And oh, they hide yes. in some fish at some point. And they do. I think it's the kids and the, like the next scene we're going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, so Goosely starts giving him crap because he's not a quack food master and he didn't use the belly bounce or whatever. So he tells him he has to go back to training. So that's where they go instead of trying to find his daughter. <laughs> who they originally were setting out to find decided to go back to Goosely and never try to find Goslin again. <laughs> But the ninjas are trying to find Goslin, and they're running after her and duckling. Why are they going after Goslin? I can't remember. There's really no reason. At some point, um, duckling says that the ninjas are there trying to scare everybody out of town 
because their boss wants to sell it to a big developer. So the ninjas are trying to chase everybody out of Kung Pao City. I guess literally, because Goslin just bumps into them or she turns a corner and there's a ninja waiting for her and he just goes after her even though she hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ninjas. Ninjas be wily. And they're just standing in the middle of the street, you know, <laughs> like ninjas. Masters of stealth. <laughs> the kids try to, they, they follow the ninjas to their hideout where they have this giant dragon horn now. And they start talking about how they're going to bring the dragon back to life, but also have American accents. <laughs> they do. Hello, followers of the master. Our work is nearly done. We have obtained the sacred horn. All that remains is to find the ancient dragon of Kung Pao and put the horn in place, bringing the great dragon to life. And anyone who stands in our way, and anyone who stands in our way, was the part I always forget this part, shall die. Shall die. If Bruce Lee and the ninjas are all just american people pretending to be what they think asian people are like this episode makes a lot of sense to me so (laughs) it's pretty interesting so yeah that's their plan that they're gonna reanimate this dragon by putting a horn back on a statue of this dragon and the kids are up in the raptors listening to all this and of course as they're about to leave the beam gives out and goslin falls down into a pit of ninjas who then drag her away and lock her up and she is screaming at Duckling that he was a coward, which seems pretty harsh for a little kid that you just <laughs> met. <laughs> when he is basically just a copy and paste of your best friend. She never once called Booker a coward. So, well, anyway, so she's lamenting the fact that she has been captured when Duckling kicks a steel door down and rescues her. Because, of course, he is. Also a master of quack foo. And um gave her when they grabbed her because he didn't want to hurt anybody. What was what were those I forget the name of the weapons he has. They're Psy. Psy, okay. Now, like Raphael. Okay. He's got size. I've got size. I was too. just gonna say they are you, my weapon of choice. <laughs> you got a whole lot of scion going on here. I do. So yeah, so the kids uh, are free now. We go over to Darkwing as Lee is trying to train him to be able to use the belly bounce. And it's like a whole montage. Like They really just kind of were chasing after Goslin, trying to find her, went to the museum instead, and then just came back here and did a whole montage. So he, of course, is not able to do the belly bounce. The, uh, the babes get to beat him up again. And then Goslin and Duckling show up. And basically remind them of the plot and tell them that the ninjas are going to put the horn back on a dragon statue for their mysterious master. Gosh, I wish I knew who that was. (laughs) And then Goose Lee is like, oh, well, there's no such thing as that dragon statue. That's just a myth. And Duckling is like, oh, well, actually, I know where it is. Let me take you there. Wasn't very far either. It was like a hop, skip and a jump away. (laughs) (laughs) It was down the down the street behind a tree now it, it was somewhere near a cliff face like the geography in darkwing duck never really makes any sense which is fine because it's a cartoon it doesn't have to but yeah it was it was interesting so yeah they go there the legend is true 
The ancient dragon exists. What do we do now? Let's blow it up. Let's blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. That's your solution to everything. It worked when the sink was stopped up. That's the episode that I want to see. Goslem doing home renovations via dynamite. But yes, of course, they do not blow up the dragon statue. And oh my gosh, such betrayal. Goosely is the ninja's boss. Shocking. He is the ninja lord. And he is the one who wants to scare everyone out of the city to build a park called Ninja Land. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you're using ninjas to scare everyone out of town and then want to start a theme park about ninjas, maybe you want to not use ninjas to scare people away if you want them to then come back and pay money to partake in Ninja Land. But I was not consulted on these theme park ideas. So, yeah, so that's that. And uh, Goosely tries to do the old, oh, you should join me, Darkwing, and we will be super powerful Ninja Land brothers together. And Darkwing's like, nah, that's okay. Ling just kind of decimates everything. And as he's doing this, though, Goose does put the horn back on the dragon. And the dragon comes to life, and it looks really dumb. And... Goosely is like, oh, let's hear your fearsome roar. And it's a baby squeal, like a little toddler. And then far too many W's are used for the rest of this episode in words that don't have W's in them. Because, of course, it is a baby dragon. But it is a giant dragon that is, I don't, it's like a mix between Stigmut and Beelzebub. Is That's, what this thing looks like. That is a really good description. And it's really annoying because it's a baby. It... It just wants to play with toys. So it kind of throws Goose off and goes to run after the toys that it sees, which are Darkwing and the gang. And triggers an avalanche and the gang gets stuck in a a little cave at the bottom of this cliff. And then the dragon wanders off to go do Godzilla level damage to Kung Pao City. And Darkwing and the gang are stuck in this cave with Goose Lee, where Launchpad declares that they are going to suffocate to death. <laughs> I'm okay, DW. I mean, aside from being doomed to a slow suffocating death and all, where did I go wrong? All I wanted was to spread the wisdom of Quack Foo. There, there, don't beat yourself up. Let me do it. Yeah. We trusted you, and what did you do? Set a giant monster loose on the city. So now you are. This is no time for recriminations. It's time to dig. Goslin was the MVP of this episode. I think she had the best lines. She was just, she was very sarcastic with Darkwing, mm-hmm. and I thought that was funny. And then she's the one that tears into Goosely. She does. And she yeah. she did so beautifully. She did. They just, they vowed to try to stop the, the dragon. And then we go to the dragon. But I just want to remind everyone that our team, our heroes, and whatever Goosley is, we're stuck inside a cave that was collapsed in upon by quite a lot of rocks. And they get out. <laughs> they just hand somehow. wave it. They just like, nah, <laughs> forget about that. Darkwing's like, we need to, we need to start digging. And then it goes to what the dragon is doing. <laughs> and then the next time we see them, they're out of the cave. So maybe Goslin did have some dynamite on her. That she wanted to blow up the dragon statue with. That would make sense. But we'll never know. Because we have to watch this dragon stomp around. And he uses some trucks as roller skates. <gasps> Too 
<laughs> I hate baby talk in cartoons. I don't know. Why I just thank you, Queen. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So the dragon just kind of abused his way across the city, destroying things. He sits on a train, and it goes across a bridge. But of course, he's too heavy, and the the train full of people. Just goes into whatever body of water is right there, and all those people are dead. Anyway. <laughs> it's just kind of glossed over. So yeah, our heroes are now out of the cave somehow, and Darkwing finally takes the the bull by the horns and decides that things are gonna go his way now, and he's gonna Darkwing duck his way to victory, but not before Goosley calls him Grubworm again, and Darkwing loses his shit on him. <laughs> Finally. We must devise a plan, Grubwell. <sighs> I've waited years to say this. Quit calling me Grubworm! I hate it! I hate it! I hate it! I hate it! I am Darkwing Duck! And we'll handle this dragon my way. So the Darkwing Duck way is to get a giant fake ice cream cone and put it in the sidecar of the rat catcher. And he propositions the dragon... <laughs> Like anybody in a creepy white van would. <laughs> and it was like, hey, little dragon, you want to see what Uncle Darkwing has for you here? You want some ice cream? <laughs> and the dragon, of course, wants ice cream and runs after him. And I don't really know what the plan is from here. Because he just kind of has uh, Duckling and Goslin holding a rope across the road and it trips the dragon. And the dragon, of course, falls and squishes Darkwing because comedy. And then the dragon gets immediately back up again. And that just seemed like the end of Darkwing's plan. It would seem just so. Just trip him. <laughs> Damn, the tripping didn't kill him. But as Darkwing is splatted against the ground, Goosely refers to Darkwing as his son. Darkwing, my son, speak to me. Waddle! Yeah. He called me um. Ooh, waddle, waddle. <laughs> D.W., the dragon took Master Lee. He called me son. Okay, dragon, let's get dangerous. Powered by daddy issues. He is Powered just completely renewed and ready to go. The teacher has become the student. And the father has become a racist Asian stereotype. <laughs> uh, so we get our second eye in the terror of the episode in uh, Darkwing poofing near the dragon. So I am bubblegum that sticks in your hair. And the dragon just kind of smacks Darkwing away. He just swats him and then smacks him with his tail and sends him flying. It is the old ricochet back or uh, slingshot rather back from the power lines slams the dragon in the head and that knocks the dragon's block off he just kind of crashes to the ground and um they saved the city i suppose because that's the next thing we see is darkwing has finally earned his black belt and they say that every basically it's everybody got what they wanted which i don't think is necessarily fair because darkwing gets his black belt goosely gets to open ninja land narrowing my eyes an audio medium i understand he gets to open ninja land and then the dragon is laying in ninja land powering the rides so he gets to play with toys 
Goosely did not deserve to have a happy ending in this. He was harassing the city. He was trying to like scare everybody out of the city. And he gets to still open his stupid theme park, which has carousel and a ferris. It was like the most, it's like a carnival. Oh, so yeah. So he gets open Ninja Land. Good for him. And, of course, the episode ends with Darkwing being like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to start marketing my own videos. I think it's Goslin who says, oh, yeah, who would watch Darkwing Duck for a half an hour? And then they all stare at the camera. <laughs> like they're on The Office. The end. That's the end of the episode. I'm really mad that Goosely got his stupid theme park. He shouldn't have gotten his theme park because he called Darkwing's son and Darkwing was like, I am going to forgive all your transgressions because I am validated. Because nepotism. going to make sure you don't go prison, Pops. Oh, Darkwing. I do think that's fairly in character for him. He is a character that seems very hungry for validation and approval from various... There's Jay Gander Hooter. He definitely is like that with him. And Derek Blunt as well. Mm. He was like that. Pseudo. Yeah. Pseudo father figures. So I think he's, I think that's just a Darkwing thing. But I feel like he should have just cut Goosely loose because he was just awful the whole way through. He was not nice to Mm -hmm. Darkwing. And as you said, he was harassing and trying to kick all these people out of their neighborhoods so that he could knock it all down and build Ninja Land and he ended up getting Ninja Land. I assume like they must have come to an agreement or maybe because the dragon went on a rampage it knocked the whole city down for him and flattened everything and so there was nothing left so they were like why don't we just build it anyways? (laughs) You know why don't we just take some of these lemons and make some lemonade? (laughs) That could very well be. That's a very depressing thought. <laughs> oh, man. Because it, it is a conclusion where I don't feel like the uh, the antagonist earned that redemption. No, he didn't at all. Like, And so he was also selling videos how to fight ninjas when the ninjas were his bugs. So it's like, that would be like your boss st- starting a fight club teaching people how to fight you. Like, hey, I am me. Okay, I'm going to rewrite this for you. Let me rewrite the ending. Here's what I see. So at the end, Goosely is arrested and taken away. And they're like, oh, we have to hand all his estate and money over because I don't actually know anything about inheritance. And he's not technically dead. But they decide to hand it over to someone. And Darkwing, of course, thinks it's going to be him because Goosely called him son. And he's all ready to get some money and recognition and carry on, like, the quack-foo uh, memory. And then it goes to the honeys. <laughs> I thought you were going to say duckling. But yeah, yeah, the honeys okay. inherit it. Darkwing gets nothing. And then that's just the end of the episode. It's good. I like it. Out of the honeys. Goslin was the best part of this episode. Yes, she it. was. But, yeah, so that was Kung Fooled. And it earned its spot as... The let's get problematic episode that one of us picked i don't even remember anymore <laughs> who, who can remember these things i'll have to go back to listen to the podcast and figure out where we categorize things but yeah it wasn't um wasn't a good one 
It was not a shining moment in Darkwing Duck history. But I do wonder that if one of the other villains called Darkwing Sun, would he also let them get off without uh, facing consequences? Maybe. So, all right. How, uh, are we even going to quantify this with a rating or are we just going to say that it doesn't even deserve one? I'd say the only thing I liked about it was Goslin and mm. like you mentioned, the uh, the fake commercial where they flipped it around and the, the honeys were actually defending Darkwing, who was the weak date, was mm-hmm. basically the two things that I thought were funny and everything else was just like, womp, womp. Yeah, it was varying shades of uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so we rate this three honeys out of three honeys. And the rest is certified not fresh on the Quackerware scale. Herb Modelfoot would not even consider grilling it. <gasps> gasp. It's true. That is gasp worthy. But it's true because when people ask me about Darkwing Duck, especially people who haven't watched the show, and they ask me how it holds, I'll usually my response is it mostly holds up, especially compared to other Disney Afternoon properties. But there are still mm-hmm. some episodes that... I would forewarn people personally where I'd be like, there's this episode and this episode that are kind of dicey, uh, just be forewarned. And I, I guess Disney Plus is on the same page because mm-hmm. they're, uh, they've got that warning at the beginning. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because it definitely means that somebody had to sit and watch all of the property on Disney Plus to be like, we need you guys to watch everything. And if there's something that has less than stellar representation, slap this bad boy in front of it. So I was kind of curious to see if it would populate in front of the episode and I was glad that it did. So I feel like we might see that again if we if this wheel of names oh, feels no, like yeah. punishing us. Yeah, go um, for it. Spin that wheel. So we might be seeing this disclaimer again <laughs> next week because it landed on Dances with Bigfoot. Wow, the wheel really hates us. What did we do to deserve this? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I don't know. We, we did this to ourselves because we made these categories and then we only picked a small amount of episodes to put into the categories. And then slowly we whittled down through the episodes. So it was only a matter of time before we got to these episodes because we put it, them it, there. It, uh, it, yeah, it's true, and we prolonged this as long as possible, I feel like, too, because we just treated ourselves and watched episodes that we wanted to watch for months on end, and then, you know, subjected ourselves to the comic book stuff. Do we want to do it next week? Do we want a palate cleanser? <sighs> See, this one I have no memory of, so I'll let you decide. Do you want me to spin it again? Well, I was thinking, if you were interested, maybe we could cover the Duck Knight Returns reboot episode of DuckTales. Sure. Because I think that would be something just to switch things up a little bit. And then after that, we could watch Dances with Bigfoot. I like it. So we'll do a palate cleanser so that I am not sighing endlessly because that is genuinely a very good episode. Yes, The Dark Knight Returns is fun. There we go. Perfect. So let's do that. So next week, we will discuss The Dark Knight Returns. And then the following week, we will do Dances with Bigfoot. And then I think... As far as that goes. Do you want me to read you what's still on here? Sure. We have Bearskin Thug, Getting Antsy, The Merchant of Menace, Twin Beaks, In Like Blunt, and Jailbird. Okay, so we've got a few good ones in there that we just did not land on. 
Yeah, so Dances with Bigfoot is still on here, so that'll be off. But Getting Antsy, Merchant of Menace, I feel like those are like, eh. But the rest of them are pretty solid, I think. I don't remember Bearskin Thug, but that's the one. That's that's the Steelbeak one you've told me about 18,000 times that I always yes, forget. Yes, they go so camping. That one... <laughs> they go family camping and Steelbeak is there. I'm never going to remember that episode. <laughs> Even after I watch it, I'm going to be like, I don't know that one. So yeah, so there's three that are questionable and the rest are, are pretty pretty good like in like blunt i'm excited for i do like in like blunt i'm surprised not excited for merchant of menace see that one i don't remember and you weren't very keen on it when i was trying to push a muddlefoot episode it's a herb it's like full-on herb it's like he is the star full-on herb a herbisode yeah okay i'll wear my hawaiian shirt when we record that one (laughs) granted i'll have to buy one first one thing that I will say about this episode today, the Kung Fuled, when we first see Goosley and he's in the pool, he is wearing a bathing suit that I disdainfully thought to myself, her muddlefoot would never be caught dead wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, like a super 90s, like bright colored, like with weird geometric shapes. I was like, not Mr. Muddlefoot. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even bother. So yeah. All right. So next week... We will do Duck Knight Returns, that dances with Bigfoot, and then we will spin the wheel, and hopefully it won't be getting antsy, because I will you'll be getting antsy. You'll, just, you'll cry. <laughs> I might. I might. So that is our episode today. Everybody, remember that we can learn from the mistakes of the past, because that is what the past is for, and um, just, we can all just try to be better. That's it. It's the one goal in life. Just try to be better. And until next time, when we watch old Jim Starling not try to be better in the slightest, remember that crime does not sleep, neither do we. Bye.